I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sniveling, son? Buck up, Bart. Buck up. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Well, hey, happy Sunday morning, everybody. It is beautiful. It's chilly out, but it's going to be nice later. Shamrock Run, St. Patrick's Day. Are you doing that? No, it's, I think it's happening now or something, but I had to. I saw it on the news this morning, and I was like, don't block our way into work, Yeah, I was please. hella nervous on the way in. I was like, <laughs> man, they're going to have this blocked. We're going to have to walk from down there at the OHSU campus. Like, that's going to suck. Well, for those of you who missed the story originally, this was from probably three years ago, and it was it was like a it was a bike race something something with with everybody biking and the station that we're that we're in is down off McAdam down here on the south waterfront kind of by the old spaghetti factory and to get into our station if you're coming from McAdam there's basically two or three roads to get in or else you're not getting down here right or you can go all the way around and spit up onto NATO and then come down the other way and you can get there from past OHSU and there was this bike race that had the entirety of the right lane blocked on McAdam all the way down, all the way down. And I pull up because I come from five and I pulled up to our turn and I talked to the police officer. I was like, hey, man, I I need to go. I've got a show. I, I got work in 20 minutes. I need to get in there. And he's like, nope, nope, sorry. And I'm like, I have, I have to go to work. I can't. This is all blocked. And he was like, okay, fine. And he blocked off all the bikers and he let me go. Rashad, on the other hand. Tell him what happened to Rashad. Rashad, on the other hand, did the exact same thing. Got told nope. And then he said, but really, I've got work in there. I've got to go do a show. And by the time, it was probably about the same time, about 15, 20 minutes. And he just said no. And he didn't let you go. And then I don't know how you got over to OHSU because the entire right lane was blocked, but somehow you managed to get your way over there, but they didn't let you come back to park at our station. Mm -mm. They made you park like 15 blocks down the street. Yep. So you got here. I don't know if you were late, but I wasn't late. I think you were here barely like a minute before the show started because you had been hustling hustling down the street. No time to no time to prep or anything. And And I was sitting sitting there going. The same cop within five minutes mm. let me in, didn't let Rashad in. I mean, I mean, I know. I mean, we can all make the assumptions that we want, but it was, uh, 
when that happens, it's really frustrating because they block the entire Especially for a bike race, man. They can stop on these bikes for a second so I, I can get through and park. Come it's on, like, man. Dude, I know you're doing your job. I have to go do my job. Please allow me to do that. That was awful. <laughs> Protect and serve, fam. Uh, but yeah, so we did not get affected by that, which was which was quite nice today. It's happened to us a couple times, and we're like, really? I understand no, yeah, it's, it's a Sunday morning. Who's working irritating. on a Sunday morning? But you know, they we are. Of, Hi, hello. Kind of let us know that you're going to be blocking everybody off, you know, from from getting to work. Yeah, well, that's okay. Uh, you asked me a really interesting question before the show, and I wanted to get to it right here in the open before we do all of our hot sports take stuff coming up today on the show. You said I asked Jesse too. Same question. Well, I'm going to ask the listeners too. Better you today. Text line five five three zero five. And maybe we can change the the hypothetical, but this is how, what you asked me: Would you rather go bungee jumping or do stand up comedy? And for me, I answered in point two seconds: bungee jumping. I I a that doesn't terrify me. Like I, I kind of I'm not super crazy thrill guy, but I love roller coasters. I think it'd be cool to do stuff like that. Uh, I, I, I mean, it'd be scary, of course, but I, I think it'd be fun, right? And a good adrenaline rush. Stand-up comedy, it's three to ten minutes of you getting 100% judged by people. And I'm not even, I, I mean, I think I'm funny, but I'm not stand-up funny. Like, I don't write jokes. I don't, I can't think of really cool stories to tell in funny, interesting ways. I don't have the vocabulary of, a, a stand-up comedian who can make words funny just because he says a big word in a weird place. That's not me. So I'm not going to do that because that would be awful. It would be awful. So bungee jump. I, you know, I'm I'm terrified of heights. So I, I wouldn't bungee jump. Oh, you're terrified Sky, Oh, yeah. Skydive, yeah, I think I would but do that. But you're higher skydiving. Yeah, but, you know, there's something about just being, you know, pushed from a rope, you know, just for from a high distances i don't know i don't i don't trust it skydiving seems like it'd be way more fun and i'd have more time to think about my life and ask the lord for forgiveness before i actually hit the ground just in case something goes wrong like i don't get that chance in bungee jumping so so just in well, case well, i want to get wait, right wait. with the lord before wait, wait, wait. before all is before all is if done if something goes wrong when you're skydiving you are not surviving that right because you are plummeting from thousands of feet in the probably air probably not if you're bungee jumping you could bungee jump over a, a nice deep river, right? And if something happens, My and you're not are that tied high, up and stuff. You're, you're not that high over it. Maybe you survive. Maybe you break some bones. You probably break some bones, but you survive. What if you can't swim? I can swim, but if my legs, well, I assume if I'm bungee jumping, my legs are confined, right? So I can't move much. So well, it's be kind of hard. If something to, happens, your legs are slipping and out if of I'm, the confinement. If something's broken, like I don't know, that's too much time. I'd probably that's a slow death. I don't want to do that, you know. But, but you could fight for your life if you're skydiving. This got really, this got really morbid. If you're skydiving, you're not, you're not fighting for your life. Either you're, way, I'm skydiving. I'm not doing bungee right. jumping. But right. uh, I don't know, man. I think uh, you know, public speaking for a lot of people is already a huge you know, a huge fear for, for, for a whole bunch of people. So I think getting up there and bombing possibly in front of a bunch of strangers would be the, I can say, man, hunt for the host. Hunt for the host is one of the hardest things that I've, that I've ever done as far as speaking in public, because at times you had no idea what was coming. You had no idea which question. Well, like I was so lucky to never get a baseball question because <laughs> that would have been a wrap at that point, you know, but yeah, like sometimes you can get up there and say some really corny stuff, even some stuff that you've prepared, and it doesn't sound as good as it did in the mirror. And so I, I can totally understand why a lot of people would take, you know, take bungee jumping. I don't know. I'm, 
I think I could be funny for two minutes. I think that'd be my limit, though. I right, be, you, you've got one great joke. Yeah, I've got yeah. And you worked one, on that joke for yeah, months. I know all the all the every punchline, every breath I'm supposed to take. You know. Yep. And yeah. the second the punchline hits, and everyone goes, "Ha ha ha ha!" All right, thank you. Good night. You know. And you're done. And they're like, "Well, you've got eight minutes to go." And you're like, "Nope." Well, if you go to like you know one of the, the improv places or something like that, I, I think they only give you a few minutes just in case you, you you bomb early. So it's just kind of kind of one of those things. But I I I don't know. I think I would do stand up. I think I'd probably. Wait, do so you're changing your mind now? Yeah, I probably do. I'd probably do stand up because yeah. I'd get to prepare the story. I just have to make sure it's just kind of funny. It's a couple chuckles, and you know, as long as somebody laughs, two or three people, I feel like that's a success. What was your uh, thought on this, Jesse? When when Rashad asked you, what did you, what did you come up with? Um, I'm going to assume bungee jumping based on our when Rashad was out, our talk of you going like 160 miles an hour <laughs> in your car, adrenaline uh, adrenaline junkie. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, um, if there was one fear like that I have, it's it's of heights, but I honestly. I think things like roller coasters and extreme rides like that are the funnest thing in the world. So it'd probably take me a few to get up the courage to jump, but that's what I would want to do more for sure. Um, I I don't think if I did stand up, if I went up there and just totally bombed, I'd I I think it would just turn into me making fun of myself the whole time. Yeah. Like, you know, it 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 doesn't offend me if I wouldn't be funny. I I have a very specific type of humor. So well, I, I don't think it hits home with everybody. And I think all of us would expect to not be funny. Yeah. Right? You go up in that situation, you're like, this is going to suck. So we make the best of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I would be I would be pretty lost for a minute. But as long as I feel like you get through that first that first punchline, you're like, OK, we can probably do it. So yeah. But we'll what see. you're saying is you worked so hard on that one punchline. What are you going to do for the rest of the time? Oh, what about airplanes? No, man, is there some watermelons around? I'll go Gallagher. I'll start just smashing stuff Dude, up. Dude, come on. No problem. If that could get some ribs, right? Dude. I'll take it. <laughs> I don't think that would get laughs ever again. Yeah. Uh, a couple of texts on this on the Better You Today text line 55305. It's 50-50 to me. Bungie is physically unpleasant. 10 minutes comedy. My brand of comedy on stage to normies <laughs> is mentally unpleasant. Thank you for using the word normies. I appreciate that. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld had a great bit about people being more afraid of public speaking than death, meaning the majority of people at a funeral would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. I could yeah, totally see that. Yeah, number one fear in that one, because I just watched that one the other day, is public speaking. The number two fear is the fear of death. So he's basically going with the, you're, you'd rather be dead than get up on stage. The I'm not afraid of public speaking. I mean, it's my job, although not technically public speaking. It is my job. So that, to me, is not one that that scares me. But so that that aspect of the stand-up comedy doesn't scare me. Just the fact that I would be so painfully unfunny, that scares me. I don't know. Somebody might like it. There's a lot of comedians that I'm like, you are not funny. Yeah, but at they've all. got careers. Yeah. But they've got careers. So why can't Mike Lynch be one of those guys, huh? Maybe I could. Just saying. But the the other part of it is I kind of think bungee jumping would be cool. <laughs> so when you ask that question, I'm like, I'd, I'd like to try bungee so jumping. So let's try. Okay. So you got to think about something that's less cool than okay. bungee. Something that you would probably fear, you know, like taking a, you know, being in a bathtub full of mice. Would that bother you? Uh, not really. See, you're, you're mice are kind of cute. Oh, if geez. it was spot, anything with spiders, anything with spiders, then I would probably pick. The stand-up comedy. Okay. I'm terrified of spiders. I hate them. You heard it here first, folks. Yes. Mike Lynch hates spiders. I do. I do. Which I don't understand. Just kill them. You're so big. Well, huh, I do. Right. 
I do. Yeah, you're dead. So much for you. I, I mean, I'm I'm not incapable of killing them. Okay. Because my wife is the one who makes me kill them, which are you, is fine. You're not one of those, ew, icky, a spider. You're not one of those, are you? I have friends like grown men that do that, so it you're not one me, of those, are you? It, it makes the hair on my arm stand up when I see one. Really? But I I have the ability to kill it. The most disgusting story was there was a huge one right outside our front door, and my wife goes, Mike, I'm not leaving out that front door until you get rid of that spider. And it was it was the size. I mean, it was big. It was a big, big spider. So I took a shoe and I just smashed it, and it was like orange goop everywhere. Yeah. Timberland size thirteen, fam. No it, problem. I mean, I used uh, so much for you. I used my wife's shoe, but yes, I do have a size thirteen, and I have some Tim's. Look there you that. go. Um, that's the that's the New York, New Jersey, and me yeah, having some Tim's. But uh, I, I have the capability of doing it. But I stood there before I killed it, kind of stuck in fear for a minute because it was so big. And I went, I know I have to do this. I know I can do this. I have a shoe. And I had to, like, readjust the angle. And I was just, like, standing there shaking and smashed it. Orange goop. Disgusting. Not good for great. you, though. Did not make me feel good. I'm proud of you. But, yeah, so spiders, not not my forte. If you pick something, if I had to sit in a tub full of spiders, yeah, I'm doing stand-up comedy. Okay. Would you sit in a tub full of spiders? Do full they... of spiders. Or what, do stand-up what comedy. What kind of spiders? Doesn't matter. Stand-up comedy. That's a bad one. Yeah. That's a bad one. It's all right, text in Better You Today, text line 55305. If you have any other hypotheticals like this, then feel free and let us uh, let us have them. We can get to them throughout the show. We got a lot of sports to get to today, though, and I'm not really 100% sure where we should start. I'm thinking we should start with college basketball because today is Selection Sunday. Just last night, Oregon won the Pac-12 tournament, giving Pretty themselves big an automatic bid on a year where nobody thought after Bull Bull got hurt that they would make the tournament. So let's start there. We'll also get to the NFL trades, the OBJ to the Browns, the deadline stuff, or the free agency stuff that we've seen. And although we don't have the news yet, CJ McCollum going under or going into an MRI machine today for the knee injury he suffered in the loss of the Spurs last night. That could be critical for this Blazers team that has been looking very good recently. So that's all coming up. Plus, hate it or love it at 1030. This is Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, it is 9-19 here on your Sunday morning. Mike Rashad, Jesse with you till 11 o'clock. Selection Sunday is later on today, so we won't know the official seedings and whatnot until after. I believe it's the uh, Big Ten tournament is on CBS today. And it's at... It's on here on the fan. And right here on the fan, though. I did not know that. 12.30-ish. And usually after that is when the selection show is on uh, CBS. It doesn't have it on our guide right now, so I'm not 100% sure, but it's probably going to be a little bit later on Do you ever watch that? Oh, yeah, all the time. Oh, I never. I don't care. Well, I watch it because I want to see that my team gets in. Oh, is that okay? Well, there you go. My team is never going to get in, so it's okay. Well... Yeah, I mean, they used to be great. They used to be. That was like 1990. Yeah, you know, yeah, UNLV, so. by the way, for those who yes. don't know. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's start with the Oregon Ducks, who are on an eight-game winning streak, just won the Pac-12 tournament, winning four games in four days. They beat Washington State, Utah, Arizona State in overtime, and they floored Washington in the final yesterday. That's the second 
time that they've beaten them. Probably should have been the third time, too. The first game was a little bit wacky. And they are now automatically in the tournament. They basically needed to win the entire Pac-12 tournament to get in. If they lost in the semifinal, I don't think the Ducks make the NCAA tournament. They had to get that automatic bid by going through. But now they're in the tournament. And what they're doing is, and they finally figured it out now that Bull Bull got hurt super early in the season. And we all knew he was going to be out for the rest of the year because he's protecting his draft stock and, and, and all that. It took them quite some time to figure out the right way to play without Bull Bull. But at the end of the Pac-12 regular season, the they were re-energized and focused on defense and really good passing to find the open shooter. They did this thing for most of the Pac-12 season where they isolation basketball and you know, way too many turnovers and they just, they were disjointed on offense and they weren't trying that hard on defense. And now all of a sudden it's really good defense. I mean, they are playing some of the best defense I've seen in a long time from a college basketball team. It's really good. And they've got one of the best shot blockers in a while in Kenny Wooten, who just goes up and blocks everything. And they're just getting opportune points too, finding the open shooter. Sometimes it's Victor Bailey. Sometimes it's Paul White. Uh, Peyton Pritchard has been inconsistent this year, but he could certainly score like he did yesterday against Washington. And there's plenty of other guys on that team who can, who can put the ball in the basket. So you've got Luke King, the freshman, and he's playing well as well. I think because of the hot streak and because of their focus on defense right now, they could win a game or two in the tournament when nobody thought they were making it. And I think that's, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see a team who was supposed to be really good. Remember they were top 10 to start the year, come back and rise from the ashes and kind of fix it and change who they were to become more of a tournament team. No, I think with with Bull Bull going out, everybody kind of thought that the season was over. And to be real, up until eight games ago, the season was over. Everybody just kind of figured the Ducks were mailing it in and getting ready for the NIT and everything. But eight games is is impressive. You know, the one great thing about college sports is that you know the playoff system isn't a there's not a, a best of three. You know, there's there's nothing like that. You know, so. Uh, one game is all it takes. And in the tournament, we see these Cinderella's all the time. Now, they might not get all the way to the national championship, but they become Wichita State and make a lot of noise You know, in the tournament. All of a sudden, a team that you didn't really expect uh, to do that or, or a Davidson you know, or something like that. So that can definitely be the Ducks because right now they're playing really, really good basketball. Eight games in a row says a whole lot. And at this point, it's all about rhythm. And it seems like they found a rhythm. It only took them what, 20, 32 games to be able to find it, but they finally found it, and so now they're able to, if they can take this into the tournament, and, you know, they're probably going to be, like you said, what, in a 11-12 seed, somewhere around there? Well, so right now I'm looking at Joe Lenardi's bracketology on ESPN, and they are an 11 seed playing Mississippi State in the opening round, which, I mean, to me, that's a winnable game, right? I, 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 sure. I, I know you're not a huge into college basketball. The SEC has been better than it has been recently, but I wouldn't trust the middle to lower teams in the SEC personally. So to me, that seems like a winnable game. Now, yes, they're going to be five seeds lower than Mississippi State, so obviously they could lose that game. It's not a given or anything, but it seems winnable. And then, again, this is not the real bracket, but just using bracketology, they'd play three-seed Houston, who would likely be 14-seed Northern Kentucky. Houston's been really good this year, and... That's Kelvin Sampson, by the way, who is cheating his way probably again to more greatness in college basketball. Do what you got to do, bro. Houston's really good. So those sanctions come. But when you think of a team that's played no one, you look at Houston. Houston's in the American Athletic Conference. 
They have not played a great schedule. They're, I, I believe Houston's like 30 and two or something like that because they just didn't lose. They're 31 and two. Yeah. And their toughest game that they've played this year. Oh, they already played Oregon and they beat them 65 61. That's probably the toughest game they already played this year. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, and they only, they've only lost to Temple and Central Florida, which is two random conference games, but they don't play anybody in that conference. You know, they, Cincinnati is the only other team that's good in that conference. So when you see a team like that hit the tournament and have to play a bigger school who's played more competitive games, that's another team that might be ripe for an upset. Now, I'm just these are possibilities. And that means all of a sudden, guess what? Oregon's in the Sweet 16. So beyond that, you're kind of golden at that point. So, I mean, frankly, you're golden now. You made the tournament when you weren't supposed to. But if, if it falls right for the Ducks because they're playing so well, why not? And I think really the Sweet 16 it should be a benchmark for a lot of teams, you know, especially some of those teams that, you know, those 9, 10, 11 seeds that people don't expect much from. You know, a Sweet 16 for your school can mean a whole lot. That means everybody is watching your game. You busted up a lot of brackets at that point. So that can mean a whole bunch for your team. Now, mind you, not playing in the national championship, but once you start getting to the part with names, that Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, the Final Four, yeah, that's going to do a whole lot for your program. The uh, the interesting thing, too, is – sorry, I got distracted. Dave Pash tweeted, I'm free! I mean, he doesn't have to work with Bill Walton for the rest of the summer. Yeah, <laughs> Bill Walton is – it's just become a sideshow. Like, he's it's, it's become really hard. I have to put him on mute. Like, it, it's become really hard yeah, to watch. I like him a lot. So I, I love Bill Walton. You know, he's a crazy, you know, grandfather or he's whatever. He's the uncle, but, yeah. Yeah, but he's just – it can be a bit much during commentary. The, the thing with the NCAA tournament is – if you get hot at the right time, and you mentioned that last segment, if you play good defense and the matchups fall your way, you could go anywhere. I mean, just look at my school, Syracuse. Two years ago, they weren't even supposed to be in the tournament, and then the committee gave them uh, a little – they just gave them a hand. We're like, hey, we'll, we'll let you in in the first four. They made the final four. <laughs> it just – they've got hot on defense. They had decent matchups. They have a Hall of Fame head coach. Well, so do the Ducks. Yeah. He's not a Hall of Fame coach yet, but he will be. He hopes. Like, I mean, he's got I to saw do a lot of win, winning like Bayheim to be able to be considered that. They, they were saying on the Ducks broadcast this week that there's a certain amount of coaches who have the same winning percentage or something as he does, and it includes Bayheim, Coach K, uh, all those guys. So it he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's got to win one. You know, I, I think that's good. Well, he doesn't have to, but it definitely helps. You know, when you start talking about the greatest coaches, you know, even Billy Donovan's got two of them. You know, so it, it's just winning one w- would be incredibly helpful, especially for the Ducks basketball program. Right now it has, by the way, the Pac-12 in the bracketology, three teams in the tournament. We were talking about just a one. That's it, just the winner of the tournament. Uh, right now it has Oregon as the 11. It has Washington still at an eight seed, and it has Arizona State in the playing game against uh, St. John's. So that would be three teams in the tournament, which is way more than you thought going in. And maybe that doesn't happen, but that would also be, I guess, a small bit of a save for the Pac-12. Three three teams in the tournament for a major conference is horrific, but that's what they had last year too. And um, better than one. It'd be really embarrassing if you got one. Better than one, you know, but still, there's really only one that people are, are rooting for, especially here in town. Like, no one cares about Arizona State. And, you know, people... Definitely don't care about Washington, you know, here in here in Portland. So, man, it, it's, it's go Ducks at this point. You know, I think everybody in town should really be, you know, getting behind. Now, I understand Beaver fan, probably not. You know, you're probably not going to get behind this. But I think it's good for everybody, you know, here in the in the Northwest if, if the Ducks can take home a, 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 a 
I don't want a, a trip to the Elite Eight. I think that would be awesome for them. Yeah, I just don't expect it. Like, like no, I said, Duck, Duck fans, if you're looking at this, just be happier in the tournament. That's the great. You are. It's already gravy. If you lose in the first round, oh well, right? Oh, you made the that. tournament when you weren't supposed to. Stop, stop. This team was barely tournament worthy until the last two weeks. So let's let's slow down on the Elite Eight stuff. You could possibly get to the Sweet Sixteen if you get a good matchup, but you don't should not be looking at that. Just be happier in the tournament. Man, all you needed was a ticket to the dance, man. Now that you're here, go for gold. Like there's no point. Oh well, you know if we win, don't win the first game. Nah, why'd you work so hard? To get here, I think they. Well, you're knew. talking like you're the. I think the team. I'm just telling no, the fans. No, I'm just saying. No, fan. Yeah, at this point, yeah, you expect your team to to go as deep as they can. Like, you expect them to get all the way there. Mind you, pro- will they? Probably not. But at this point, I'm, I wouldn't just be comfortable with. Oh well, you know, just, just, just you know, if we play hard in the first game, nah, forget that. Expect your team to be great. All right, we got a break coming up next. Do you want to take a gander of of the teams that are in the tournament? And kind of get a feel for the bracket, or do you want to move on to NFL slash CJ? <laughs> for real? NFL. All right. Absolutely. Let's go. OBJ to the Browns. That's next. Here's Jesse with Sports Center. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Although we saw the rumors about it for many a moon, the eventual Odell Beckham Jr. trade had to be one of the worst deals the Giants could have taken. Odell Beckham Jr. goes to the Browns for a first-round pick and a third-round pick, which sounds good in theory, and uh, Jabril Pepper's safety. And then you look into it, and you realize that the first-round pick is the 17th overall pick, so much less of a surefire great player that you're getting back. The third-round pick is the number 95 pick, and Jabril Peppers really hasn't been good since getting drafted by the Browns. So you gave up Odo Beckham Jr., who you just signed last season to an extension for a mid-round first-round pick, a late third, and a crappy safety, basically. It is it is not a good trade for the Giants. It's a great trade for the Browns. It is a terrible trade for the Giants, and I feel like they got completely conned by the Browns into this move. I don't know I don't know what their new GM Gettleman is thinking, but this was a terrible trade. This was one of those he was thinking addition by subtraction. Things will be better if he, the distraction, isn't there. Forget the fact that Eli Manning hasn't been great in seven years eight years how long has it been since Eli Manning has been really you can say he has been one of the consistent elite quarterbacks in the NFL have we ever been able to say that about Eli I think winning a Super Bowl makes you elite well if that's the case so is Brad Johnson right Trent Dilfer is an elite quarterback or will go down as one of the most elite quarterbacks in the league because they have Super Bowl rings now I'm not taking away anything from Eli's Super Bowl wins because they were impressive, especially against the teams that he was not supposed to beat, you know, at that point. Your favorite team. My favorite team. They came at the expense of the Patriots. (laughs) So I know how good Eli can be in games, but he hasn't been that dude in a long time. The one thing that's made the New York Giants relevant was number 13. 
Outside of that, what other reason do you have to watch a Giants game? How good has their defense been? Saquon Barkley, maybe? Saquon Barkley this year. Yeah. So, yeah, that gave you a good reason, especially, you know, I think Beckham was hurt a few games this year, was he? Did he play yeah, all? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So, yeah, having Saquon Barkley, uh, an electric running back, definitely helps. But outside of that, you're, you're going to bank on Saquon Barkley to, to be the savior of the team? I mean, that's what it sounds like they're doing, right? Well, so here here's the thing with this trade. I mean, it was a terrible return in the first place, but if that's the best you can get, maybe it was the best they can get because remember, Antonio Brown got traded for a third and a fifth. That's a little different because he, he and the Steelers' relationship was got, done and over, and it wasn't much that he they could do to save it. So getting him getting him out of there was more of the to addition by subtraction that you were talking about there. But I think Odo Beckham Jr. would demand more because he's younger and is not on the most expensive contract either because – Brown was going to demand a huge contract, which he got from the Raiders. But B, you just signed him and said you were committed to winning with him. Just two months ago, you said we wouldn't have signed him if we were going to trade him. So it all changed. And you're still keeping Eli Manning, who you're correct. I mean, he's done. He, he used to be good. He used to be good. I think a lot of he was people, good. Eli think, was good. I think a lot of people rag on Eli because he hasn't been good for a couple of years. And I understand. But don't forget that he had a lot of good years with the Giants. Yes, the two Super Bowls included, but I'm just thinking about regular season. He was a really good quarterback. He was a good good player for them to have at that time. It's not like he was a waste of space. But you're hanging on to him for dear life for some reason. And when you waste a ton of salary cap space to sign Beckham, and now when you cut or trade him, you have, I think it was $21 million of dead cap space because of how quickly you got rid of that contract. So you're supposed to rebuild, but now you can't use that $20 million. It's just sitting there blocking your cap. What, are, what is the point? Trying to figure out what the Giants are doing, you know, and, and really still, it, I hate to keep going back to it, but it all, it all kind of goes around Eli Manning. They've tried so hard to kind of keep this, this, I guess, aura of Eli around. But the thing is, this isn't a situation like the Pats, you know, to where you have Brady, he's getting older, but he's still able, able to perform. You know, Brady still goes out there and can lead a, a game-winning comeback for his team. Eli is not that guy, you know, it, and, and he hasn't been that guy for a long time. So it just it, it just boggles my mind that Odell Beckham, who you know, I think he's fiery because he wants to win. And he's also fiery because he's not getting the ball in certain spots. And I think for any receiver, especially if you're that talented, that's going to be a problem. Like, again, I've said it before. Wide receiver is the one position in football that's completely predicated on someone else. Maybe mm-hmm. kicker, you know, for a field, for a field goal kicker, because you have to make sure you get a good hold, get good hold, and everything. But outside of that, receiver is the one position that's totally predicated on somebody else being able to do their job. And Eli hasn't been able to do his job, and so Odell, and yet and still Odell Beckham's overperformed with Eli being subpar for years. And so it just makes me, it's crazy to me that he would be the problem. And you gave him away for. For nothing, you know, at the end of not the day, nothing, not but nothing, but not the best not, return. not for one of the top three, you know, top four players in the league, quite possibly. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't make sense to me. I, but okay, I see they're 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 like okay, we're done with Odo Beckham Jr. He has been a headache for us. We don't want to do that anymore. We want to do a rebuild. We want to go after one of the quarterbacks this year, Herbert, Tua, whoever, or Trevor Lawrence in two years, whoever it is that they want to go after. They want to tank to go after that quarterback at that time. Great. And then you go sign Golden Tate to a big deal. Not a huge deal, but you signed him to four years, and it was like $37, 40000000 I'm like, And now you just got two number twos. Why are you – what? Why are you getting Golden Tate then if you're trading away Beckham to tank? It, it just 
it's it's backwards. I think part of it is maybe the pressure in New York is you can't just full on tank. You have to have something out there. But then I mean, look across the river and see the Jets. And by across the river, I mean look literally in the same stadium yeah. and see the Jets. It's they're tanking, or they did tank, and now they got Sam Darnold, and now they signed Le'Veon Bell, and now they're trying to win again. They got the best quarterback in last year's draft because they tanked, or I guess arguably, but um, because they tanked. So why are you so scared? If that if you're committing to tanking, then just tank. If you were committed to tanking, why did you take a running back with the number two pick last year? Right? Yeah, you were trying to fill out your roster that you thought you had an opportunity to win. It just didn't work the way you wanted to because I, I heard coaching's that, terrible. I heard that they were obsessed with Baker Mayfield, and once Mayfield went to the Browns, they went, well, no other quarterbacks for us. I mean, Barkley's great, but Barkley's not going to help you win a championship. You need a quarterback. Eli's not it. So they're not even tanking right. So the trade wasn't good. <laughs> and they're tanking. Right. And they're tanking wrong. So I don't, I don't understand. I've got so many friends who are Giants fans who it's, are just livid about it, this. <laughs> it's so funny because, you know, you look at the two New York franchises, and it would never be the Giants that we talked about as far as not having it together and being kind of, you know, uh, clueless as far as what they're doing. It was always the Jets. Like, what are the Jets doing? And, man, you, why is, you know, why is this happening? Why is the defense, you know, so good but the offense sucks? Like, now it's the roles have reversed, and New York, the Giants have kind of become the laughing stock. And then you just took away the one – the one thing, and Odell Beckham Jr.'s jersey sells like crazy in New York. Like he's, you know, they're they're still the Giants, and he's still their best player. He's a a dude that's man, by all by all accounts, great with the fans. Hasn't been in any trouble in your for your franchise, so it's just a little bit weird that you would give away your biggest money maker right now for peanuts. It's a strange trade. I, I don't. Uh, I think one of the big factors in this was health. A, he in the last two seasons he's he's been unavailable for 16 games that's an entire season over the last two seasons um it's been a real thing since the moment he was drafted with that bad, bad hamstring and he didn't play the first four games of, of his rookie season the talent's undeniable but the health is a factor here and i don't know if i necessarily agree with the fact that they are tanking i believe this they're one they obviously don't see eli the way the ray the rest of the league sees Eli. They think that there's still something there. Um, and I think they still think Eli can do more of that mm, using the passing game as an extension of the running game type thing that they like to do in New England because you don't need to bomb it down the field. And, um, you know, guys like Golden Tate, guys like Sterling Shepard really do um, work well in that type of system. So I, I – I think that they are trying to win, and if it doesn't work out, they're like, okay, well, we'll end up with our quarterback next year. So uh, with with a defensive-heavy draft, they have a, a really, you know, their pick's a, a solid pick. They end up with the 17th pick. They get the third pick. Peppers is talented. They just lost Landon Collins. Like, the the move, it, if you look at it, kind of makes sense. It, it's one of those things where we won't know until – is Odell going to be healthy in Cleveland? Is he going to work well with the personalities in that locker room in Cleveland, or is it going to blow up? And what's going to happen in New York? Are they going to have success this year, or is that going to turn out to be they end up getting their quarterback anyways next year? But see, the Landon Collins thing is a different point, too. Collins is one of the best safeties in the league. He's a multiple-time pro bowler. He's he's good. Yes. So there's big shoes to fill. And, and they yes. replaced him with Bethea, who's a super old vet on a one-year deal. I mean, they're... They're getting rid of the guys who are going to demand money. So it seems clear 
that they're going to try to lower the salary cap so they can get some really high picks, pay a quarterback coming up in the it, that's what it seems like they're doing. Well, it, it, right? once again, it's Denver has been trying to win while rebuilding the last couple of years. It hasn't worked out. It typically doesn't work out. But in the NFL, it's very rare when you see something like in the NBA where it's clear. It's like what what we say of of new uh, of the Jets like two seasons ago. Oh, the oh, or you know this this team's they're they're tanking so hard, and. They actually played really competitively. They started out pretty well out the gate, or maybe this was last year. I can't remember. But, 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 it's hard to tank in this league. These players, every single game. The one thing about this is there's only 16 games, and every time that those players are on on the field, it matters to them because it matters to that contract. It matters to their career in a, in a league that doesn't have guaranteed contracts. In a league that your average career span is three and a half seasons, like those things matter. So it's hard to tank in the Yeah, but I also league. think that there's ways to do it like the Broncos, for example, tried to do and didn't do very well. Uh, you could still field a somewhat competitive-looking team but still also get high draft picks. Well, and, and I and think... draft well. I mean, a lot of it comes down to drafting the right player. Too, well, you, you look at what the, the Giants were late in the season compared to what they were early in the season last year. And late in the season, they were a pretty competitive team where early in the season, they, they weren't good at all. They kind of started figuring out what they were. Now, granted, they've lost some big pieces in Odell Beckham Jr. and Landon Collins, but it's a highly, highly sought out draft for what? Wide receivers and defensive talent. So they can fill those holes technically in this draft. All right, let's break. Coming up next, this is a huge win for the Browns, in my opinion, at least. And in a division that now appears to be wide open, could we be looking at your AFC North champion, Cleveland Browns, next year? That's next here on uh, Sports Sunday. On the there you go. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. This text in the Better You Today text line 55305. In my honest opinion, owners are pressing down on running back and wide receiver salaries across the board. The problem is they're saving money for quote unquote transcendent quarterbacks that may that they may never find. That is true, mm, but great point. you also need that transcendent quarterback to win in the NFL. It's so it's so hard not to, I should say. You you certainly can, and you mentioned it last segment. You got Trent Dilfer's and Brad Johnson's uh, winning Super Bowls, but Joe Flacco. But you're not a guy who – it's so much harder to do that than if you go find yourself the next great quarterback, right? It's so much harder. So everyone's looking for the transcendent guy who's going to take him to the top or at least take them to the consistent playoff spot that gives you a chance once you get into the playoffs yeah but again like you said that that may never come you know there's you you, there's a good chance you know that that guy never comes through you know you look at it seemed like the cowboys that up until you know romo was really searching for the next elway you know and they went through the the quincy carters and vinny testaverdes and all those guys to aikman excuse me, the next X-Men, forgive me, I'm so, yeah, so sorry. Yeah, the next Troy Aikman, and it just never came up until you got Romo for a while. And then Romo, well, for, what, 10 years you you had Romo, and he just got kind of got beat up. So you don't know. Like, uh, the, the well, Broncos. Well, you don't, but you also, I mean, I guess. It's a crap I, shoot. I guess you can consider Romo transcendent. He wasn't great, but he was good enough. Romo got the Cowboys to the playoffs consistently. I mean, that's what you want, right? You want to get to that spot to have a chance. 
not every team is going to have the ability to be the New England Patriots. Not every team is going to have the ability to have a great coach with a quarterback that sticks around until he's 55 years old and never stops losing. It just doesn't happen. But you want to give yourself the chance, right? The Falcons with Matt Ryan have given themselves a chance every year to be in the playoff picture. It hasn't always happened. Uh, they should have won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. They didn't. They blew that lead. But they got they got they got a chance, right? You need a quarterback of that level to do it. You can't get by on crappy quarterbacks. So if you are stuck with an Eli Manning who's not good anymore, then you need to try your best to find that next transcendent guy. I mean, if you're the Cardinals, maybe you failed in, in Josh Rosen. Maybe you get lucky with Kyler Murray if that's who you draft. It's a crapshoot. You're right, but you have to swing. No, you absolutely you have, have to swing. But, you know, it, it, sometimes it's – I don't want to say it, – it says a lot about guys that are just able to consistently pick out quarterbacks that are going to last in the league for a long time. Like, say what you will about the Patriots and just having Brady. They've been able to pick guys through the draft that end up becoming, you know, starting quarterbacks, you know, in the league. Maybe not for a long time, but they end up becoming at least viable, you know, backups. So – you know, I think everybody goes for the for the home run, you know, all the time, and and sometimes the home run doesn't necessarily work. And so, it's I, I, but you but you keep like you said, you keep swinging. I'm not going to stop swinging for the fences all of a sudden, but you know, you you just you never know, unfortunately. Um, to the Browns, they, I think, won this trade handily, and now you look at this team who have been a laughing stock for years and years and years in the NFL. They finally get rid of Hugh Jackson, who was doing nothing but harm to that team. Baker Mayfield looks like he's the real deal, number one pick from last year. Nick Chubb, your rookie, awesome last year. Great running back. Although suspended for eight games and probably shouldn't be in the league. Kareem Hunt is actually on the Browns now, too. So when he's back from that, he's going to help you purely on the field standpoint. Jarvis Landry, Odo Beckham Jr., your two wideouts, a great young tight end, David Njoku, solid offensive line, defense, which was pretty good last year. The Steelers are taking a step back. No Bell, no Brown. I mean, they'll be good, but they're not going to be as good. The Bengals are awful. And the Ravens just lost Joe Flacco and are going with Lamar Jackson. You all know far and well how I feel about that. I don't think he's very good. So... I don't think they're going to do well. This might be the Browns division to lose now, which is very weird to say. Uh, it, it is a little weird to say, but it's also not wrong. You know, I don't think anybody really trusts uh, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson at this point, although I think Lamar Jackson can improve as a starting quarterback in the league. I don't know if that improvement is going to take place next year. Um, the Bengals are the Bengals. So as long as the Red Rocket is still their, their, their trigger man, like, I don't know. We talked about transcendent guys. He's not one of them, and as long as he's still the quarterback of that team, uh, I don't know how far they go. You mentioned Pittsburgh. Roethlisberger is older, and now he doesn't have his two uh, best toys to play with, man. Uh, Antonio Brown, who he kind of had some beef with and everything like that, man, he's gone. Uh, he did not have Bell last year. He, but. Didn't, he didn't have Bell, but even still, there were some words said to, you know, to Bell in the media from a courtesy of Ben Roethlisberger, but now he's gone. Now you're going to have to see how good Juju, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster actually is. You know, was this just a, a product of Antonio Brown being on the other side and drawing, you know, so many eyes on the double team, or are you really going to be that guy? I think you can be that guy, but it's going to take more than just him. James Conner had a great season last year. Can he follow it up and have a second season this year? So I think there's too many questions for Pittsburgh, and you look at Cleveland, 
and you just see all these studs like on their team, Mayfield, Chubb, Landry, Beckham, and Joku, and then you start looking at the defense and Miles Garrett is still the guy there. It's like you it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really tough to beat Cleveland, who was already a tough out this year, and they, they were just learning up. how to play. They shot up and, the odds in Vegas, and so yeah, they're currently picked to win the AFC North, and they should be just because you look at their roster and you say, man, this is the best team. I mean, seriously, go look at any one of the other teams' rosters from the AFC North, and they're clear. The, the Cleveland Browns are clearly the best team. Crazy to say that. It's nuts to say that. It, it only took us, what, 30 years to be able to say that again. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, I'm 35, so really, man, since I was, what, the, the Browns went to the playoffs under Belichick in, what, 93? I'm sure they've been in the playoffs. Some, I know they went some other times, but, yeah, the, the Browns are finally one of those teams that people expect a lot from this year. There is no, oh, well, let's see if they can make it to the playoffs. No, playoffs are expected from this team now. And so, at this point, they should be thinking – Super Bowl run as far as the team. All right, hour two is coming up next. We have to get to some of the other big signings in the NFL. Earl Thomas signed a new deal elsewhere. Uh, we didn't talk about Le'Veon Bell to the Jets necessarily. Nick Foles' contract is gigantic to the Jaguars. Uh, plenty of things to get to. We also got to talk about the CJ injury, and we got hit to love it. That's next hour here on Sports Sunday on the Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.